The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. But in the kitchen was my mom, and I can remember fixing my young eyes on her face. And what I saw was this stoic stare of hopelessness. It was just silent in this empty apartment complex. And I remember thinking as an 11-year-old boy, I didn't know what the word stewardship meant. I didn't know what that word was, but I knew there had to be another way. Living in severe poverty as a child, Chris Brown promised to never do that to his family when he grew up. This promise was broken when everything fell apart. Next on Life Today. Thank you. We, we say thanks and welcome to Life Today. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I have had the joy of having uh, Dave Ramsey on several times. And, uh, you know, it's amazing that he teaches people about finances and about, you know, keeping everything, living below your means as an example. I mean, really being able to balance things and deal with crisis. And I keep finding myself saying, any chance you could just get Congress locked in a room? <laughs> And maybe really teach him just simple truth, <laughs> like living below your means. Yeah, I mean, just just something. How would y'all like if Dave Ramsey taught the United States Congress something <laughs> about yeah, managing money? Great. Well, I'll tell you what, where it starts. It starts with us managing money. Now, Betty and I, we've been married over 53 years. And matter of fact, you spent a week with us with <laughs> Sheila Walsh is talking to us about it. And we've made it, you know, some more weeks. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting an extension, right? That's right, week at a time. But listen to me. Here's a fatherless kid. Here's a, a girl. She was telling, talking to some people earlier today, and she said, well, you know, we had so little. We were really, we were poor. And her dad had a job, but they would be considered poor. Today, poor yeah. No question about it. And, and yet Betty and I made some decisions that we have reaped continuously the wisdom of. So that when Dave Ramsey comes in and starts talking to us, he's talking about a lot of our journey, but we find out most people don't know. And Betty and I sort of took it for granted that people knew, and we were shocked at how little people knew. So Dave's been a, a real champion. Well, he's got a very gifted young man, Chris Brown, that is truly gifted to communicate. I'm tempted to Dave say, probably better than you, okay? Okay, all right, your daughter, Maybe she's a little better than you. You agree? <laughs> well, Chris has got it. And you are so wise, Dave, and you love people so much that you want to share the ability to learn the things that make a difference. Chris has got it. He's doing it. I want you to welcome Chris Brown to life today. Chris, good to see you. Thank you so much. Glad you're here. Glad to be here. Now, I hope Dave won't mind me saying nice things about you. Is he, will he be all right with that? Yeah, and I'm encouraged by it all. Yeah, I need to encourage that. Bring it on. Right. Yes. All right. You are doing something now to help people with finances. Yeah. I can tell you care because the moment I started talking with you and we had some private conversation, yeah. I could tell that there, there was a love, mm -hmm. a genuine interest, a very sense of compassion for people. Yeah. Tell me your story. Yeah, so that's much deeper than finances. It's more about, you know, the position that you put yourself in in life and whether you uh, can do all the things that you want to do. Many folks that, that contribute to this show and do a lot of great things, well, they just 
they just can't. And so that's a passion of mine to get them in position. But this passion for me started all the way when I was a kid. Uh, I was 11 years old and I was sitting down on my 11th birthday uh, in a, a, a empty roach infested apartment. And there was no food, there was no furniture. And I was just sitting there, I was staring out the window. And I can remember thinking that, you know, uh, this is not your typical birthday. Uh, multiple father figures going to jail and uh, spending uh, night after night in abuse shelters and traveling from... That's where you would be. This was my upbringing. And I'm thinking through, this is not normal. I was hoping for bounce houses and friends over and laughter, a little ice cream cake. But uh, I'm sitting there thinking through those years of pain and disappointment and all the and violence. And was this a typical setting that you found yourself in where it was like that empty? It was. Bored of people, bored of things that you might need? Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, several violent fathers. Mom was always running from them, going from abuse shelter to abuse shelter. And so I found myself sitting there and thinking through the years of disappointment and pain. And so I turned my attention towards the kitchen. I can remember this like it was yesterday. There was nothing on the countertops. There's nothing in the cupboards, no dishes, no canned goods, no paper plates. But in the kitchen was my mom. And I can remember fixing my young eyes on her face. And what I saw was this stoic stare of hopelessness. It was just silent in this empty apartment complex. And I remember thinking as an 11 year old boy, I didn't know what the word stewardship meant. I didn't know what that word was, but I knew there had to be another way. I was like, there's, there's gotta be another way. This is not normal. And I also knew when I grew up, I'm not gonna do this to my family. Well, I went through middle school. I went through high school, went through college, met my wife in college. We uh, started, had two jobs. We're rocking and rolling, doing great. And, uh, we flipped a house with cash and it went great. I'm like, whoa, that was kind of fun. That's kind of easy. This whole adult thing's pretty easy. And I flipped another one and another and one. Another way, did you heard Dave teach before this time? I had, yeah. Actually, in that same apartment complex, I was sitting down and I didn't have much because you're traveling around and so you can't have a bunch of toys and those kind of things. But one thing I did have, I had one of those uh, old yellow um, Sony Walkmans before the disc, oh, yeah. the sport edition. Okay. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. Right. But I grew up uh, listening to Larry Burkett and Charles Stanley and James Dobson, and they were in my ear, and that's actually, they raised me on the radio, which is so funny that now I, I get to be a radio, a radio host. Program. And what I'm you, teaching the call? same stuff. What is yours called, your radio show? Um, yeah, it's Chris Brown's True Stewardship. It's okay. a Christian radio station, right. uh, a network. Uh, all over the country. But um, so I grew up and, uh, and we're doing great financially. Next thing you know, I'm like, I walk into a mortgage office. I'm like, why would you flip one house at a time? Let's, duh, let's do more than that. So I walked into a mortgage office and said, hey, I want to borrow a million dollars. This wasn't something Dave taught you, though. <laughs> Not so much. Okay, I just want to be sure. Dave is trying to check yes. out things here. Okay. I decided I was going to get cocky mm -hmm. and I was going to go out and say, you know what? I'm, I'm 30 now, so I know everything. Dave who? <laughs> and so I decided to borrow a million dollars, and the year was 2007 when I did great, that. Great timing. Perfect timing. Great. Yes, brilliance. <laughs> uh, brilliance overload. So the next 36 months, I paid payments on eight vacant homes. Until January of 2011, I walked into a full courtroom, looked a trustee in the face, and I said, I have no money left. What do I do? And she says, honey, you got no options. You're done. You're sunk. And so I, probably my biggest memory of that day is not looking the trustee in the face. It was that morning looking into my bathroom mirror. And guess what I saw? I saw the same face that my mom made decades before. Here I was. I'd done the same thing to my family. It looked a little different. But I've got a passion as a kid and as an adult. I've seen it done right and I've seen it done wrong. I've seen the world's way of handling money and God's way of handling money. One is rooted in entitlement and one's rooted in gratitude 
And I want to help people with that because so many people want to do more for the kingdom. They want to volunteer. They want to attend. They want to uh, go to the baptism event. They want to go on missions trips. They want to give. And they just can't. They're good people. And I want to help them with that. And are you seeing that it's effective? Yes. I mean, the research is so daunting. It's 70% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. 88% are living paycheck to paycheck or worse. One third of America uh, and adults are currently in the debt collection process. It's a major issue. It's a major uphill battle. But I'm telling you, we're seeing people that instead of getting out of debt in six to 16 years, they're getting out of debt in 18 to 24 months. And so, man, I want to, wherever I go, I want to make sure people know that there's hope. Yeah. Fin finances is a thing that can really break up a home, too, a marriage, yes. because you get so under it Big that job. you find a well, way out. Finances touch yeah. every aspect of your life. And so I was just recently talking about financial infidelity in the home uh, recently uh, on a broadcast, and this uh, cheating with your finances. And a lot of that is because of this weight that we're feeling like we've got to hide it. So it's affecting our marriages. The number one cause of divorce in America is money fights and money problems. So if this is the number one thing holding the church back, if I can give my life to that, I want to do that. And, and here I am growing up with no father, and I just see that this pain in people's face, just no father figure, they've got no guidance. I want to be that for them. You know, I'm looking back over our life, and we did talk to Sheila Walsh during our kind of our 53rd anniversary week. And in the decisions that we made, you know, I didn't have a father either. I did have an adoptive father that I, he let me call him dad. Mm -hmm. And he was a pastor. And he showed me so many good and wise things. I don't know that I recognize where I got this, but Betty and I determined that we wouldn't buy a non-essential. And that included a washing machine, a dryer, or a uh, television yeah. if we couldn't pay cash for it. Mm -hmm. That was just our decision. Now, we did think that, that we could, you know, rent an apartment. You know, we weren't going to buy that apartment. We, we could do that. A lot of people tried to buy because they bought the thought everybody ought to have a home, <laughs> and the government's telling you that. And the government contributed perhaps more than anyone to what happened in 207. Mm -hmm. We can thank Freddie and Fanny for that yeah. and the people that put all these things in place driving us into debt foolishly, people buying homes who didn't have the credit, who couldn't do it, and they just created a, a terrible burden. We adopted this thought, and I don't know if this is part of what you teach, but you kind of referenced it. We decided to live well below our means. That has continued to this day. Mm -hmm. 53 years later in marriage, we live below our means. It enables us to be able to give. It enables us to be able to meet crisis needs, not that might come in our lives, but maybe in others' lives. Mm -hmm. I just discussed today, before after lunch, Betty, you're not in on this yet because I haven't had a chance to, <laughs> to talk to you about it. But what we're, are we doing? We're, 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 and you're going to rejoice. We're, we're going to help a lady that doesn't have a home and mind you, I'm about to start crying mm -hmm. if I tell you about and, and we're going to help a lady that we know that's fighting leukemia. Mm -hmm. And many people would know in our area who it is. And it's going to be very exciting what's mm -hmm. going to happen. Now, the thing is that we made a decision. Is that one of the things that you and Dave and what you teach, try to get on people's minds, make up your mind you're going to live below your means, make up your mind that these things like doing things just for entertainment and spending borrowed money or borrowing money to do that, even for a vacation, very questionable. I'm asking, was that a good, solid, foundational commitment that Betty and I made that would have meaning to probably everybody? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, right now in America, the average person is spending $1.26 for every dollar they earn. 
And so you go to go do anything, any, that's anything, that, anything that's on your heart, you can't do it. There's no room for it. There's no margin. And so if I can help people with that, I definitely want to, for sure. How do you define stewardship? Uh, managing God's blessings, God's way, for God's glory. It's not a math Run thing. that by us again. Managing God's blessings. And it's his, right? Yes. It's <laughs> he, all based on Psalm 24. No, he doesn't just own 10%. <laughs> he actually owns, owns it all. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, by the way, we did settle on that, didn't we? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all his. Yes. Not 10%. That's right. All of it. I want to tell you, God's better manager than most. He's better manager than Dave Ramsey yeah. or Chris Brown, right? Well, just Dave. <laughs> but but the, the truth is, he really will give us his wisdom yeah. over his resources, and he's entrusted them to our watch care. Would that be appropriate understanding of stewardship? Yes. Stewardship is managing God's blessings, God's way for God's glory. Based on Psalm 24, 1, it says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Another version says all it contains. In the original language, all means all. Mm, yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's everything. Yeah, and so that's the Hebrew word, right? Exactly. If we're not the owners, then what are we? We're the managers. Mm-hmm. And the yeah, Bible I really says, do believe that. It says in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it says those who have been entrusted to be managers must prove faithful. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a math thing. People need to understand it's a heart thing. When you really are thankful that God has entrusted you enough with his stuff, that's a crazy thought, right? But when you have that deep down in your soul and you are spending knowing that it's a spiritual practice, not just an earthly practice, well, then everything starts to make sense. Then budgeting makes sense. And you're like, oh, Proverbs 2019, where there is no vision, the people perish. And so I need to have a vision for my month or my quarter or for my year. You start thinking through savings. And Proverbs 2120 says that, that in the house of the wise is choice food and oil. You start thinking about inheritance. And Proverbs 1322 says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And then you think about debt. Proverbs 227, the borrower's slave to the lender. You think, start caring about those things, but it's not about necessarily the physical handling of it, it's the heart behind it that we get to manage the creator's stuff, which is a crazy thought. You need to know that up here, not up here, you need to know it right here in your heart. You're like, oh, he trusts me. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. And how much better would it be not to have that particular stress in your life? Because we will have things that come unexpectedly, which is another reason not to have that financial distress in our our lives, to be able to feel freer about what God has blessed us with. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether you're giving or you're spending less than you make, either way, it's for God's glory. You see, you could be managing God's blessings, God's way, but miss the last part of that definition, and it's not for God's glory, it's just for you to build wealth, you just miss stewardship. It's the reason why also. First advice you'd give to somebody, no matter where they are financially, what would you say to individuals listening to us right now? You'd recommend as perhaps the most important thing, practice or thought that they could put in place right now. Well, number one is to have a plan, to know where you're headed. Uh, go back to Proverbs 2019, where there's no vision, the people perish. Uh, And you think through uh, Luke 14, 28, it talks about who would build a tower without sitting down first and counting the cost. And so you think about who would build a blueprint, uh, build a house without a blueprint? We just wouldn't do that. But many times we're living our months and we're getting to the 25th of the month and we're like, oh shoot, what happened? And so we're having to swipe the remainder of the five, uh, five days. So it would definitely be have a plan. Zig Ziglar says, if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. And many of us are living our life like that. So yeah. please, I'm begging you, have a plan. I hope you're getting something out of this. I hope all of you are. Do you appreciate Chris? Don't you love his spirit and what he's saying? And again, don't all of you here in the audience and don't all of you watching at home, 
wish that everybody could just hear these simple truths. Father, I pray that each person that's being encouraged, I don't want anybody to feel mm -hmm. condemned or put down if they didn't do something right. I've done so many things that weren't right. Mm -hmm. And it required your magnificent, miraculous, supernatural journey to deal with those places where I totally missed the mark or made a mess. But you have given us some good things, some understanding. We want to pass it on. Please help everyone who heard not to feel condemned, mm -hmm. but to feel assisted, to feel uplifted, and let them begin to put these practical truths in practice so that they can see and reap the benefits of it. I pray for everyone that's heard. I pray for Chris. I pray for Dave, for everything he's doing to reach out and help others in Jesus' name. Would you just say thanks to Chris Brown again for being with us? And Dave, we thank you too, your beautiful daughter. Thank you for the treasure that you've been. And to all of you who are watching, you know something you've heard us say over and over, and I think you've come to experience the reality of it. If you want your prayers answered, if you want to be blessed. Become an answer to someone else's prayers and be a blessing. It is amazing. Betty, how much have you enjoyed blessing others in our journey together? Well, you know, I mean, it's hard to describe how wonderful it makes you feel to know that you're reaching out and helping someone else because God has blessed us so much. We want to give out of that blessing to others. That's the reward that you get. When we first discovered the need on the mission field, and saw what was there, our first inclination was we're gonna come over and be missionaries. Wise missionaries who really had great vision said, please don't. It wasn't they didn't like us. They certainly would have liked Betty. Maybe me is another question. But they said, don't stay. Please go back and ask the people. And they actually referenced America, knowing we were Americans. Ask them to help us so we can stay here and do the work. And Betty, when we came back, we did not know if you would help. And we sold a lot of stuff to just start doing some little things. The ministry sold things. This building where this studio is had already been poured, the concrete to be tilted up. This building laid on the ground for four years until the missionaries came over here and prayed this building up. Because everything we had, we said it's going there. And then more and more and more, miraculously, you said this, You've shown us a need. We've seen the miracle answer. We want to be a part of it. Well, this may be, to most of our viewers, the biggest miracle they've ever been a part of. I know you'll want to be a part of it. Watch closely. <laughs> Poon Mom may not know what killed her son, but we do. And it wasn't an evil spirit. It was the last thing Poon Mom would expect, the water from the family pond. This is the story of Poon Mom, 
but it's not just her story. It's the story of countless others here in Cambodia. And while we can and do educate those here about the death in their water, education alone cannot save them when they have no other water source. However, with your help, fresh, life-saving water can become their source. As we watch the little kids here at the end drinking the water, the clean water, and you think about what it would have done for that mother that we first saw. Yeah, you know, James, a mother feels so responsible. She loves her child so much. She she does all that she can do. These mothers, but they they take them to the only water source that they have, knowing that that water, James, could could possibly kill their children. But what do you do? They have to have water in their bodies, and so this mother's just feeling the load of not knowing what to do, but yet she knows there's something that must we must be able to do, and that's where we can step in and make the difference. We can can drill those water wells that, that will last them a lifetime, and then the children can come and drink the fresh water. Well, we can actually do it. It is just as what Jesus referred to, that if you give just a cup of water in my name, you won't lose your reward. And a lot of people, I think, unnecessarily waste a lot of time trying to determine what's going to be the reward if I do this. That powerful passage of giving and it'll be given unto you, pressed down, that powerful passage is preceded by giving with no thought of return as the greatest, perhaps, expression of love. You're not giving thinking about what you're going to get. Our pastor, Robert Morris, who's teaching on hearing God, he began teaching on the blessed life that has grown one of the fastest growing churches in history and one of the largest now in the United States and one of the most influential worldwide. And he said, the blessed life is not getting it about getting. It's getting it about giving. First, giving all to God and giving him the first fruit of all your increase and keep God as the overseer of all that he's entrusted to your watch care and you'll find the blessing by being a blessing. So when Jesus says, you just give a cup of water, you won't lose your reward. How about we leave it in the hands of God to determine the reward? I'm telling you, for Betty and me, just to see those children drinking that water and it's clean and to know the mothers are happy and their hearts aren't being broken, that's all the reward we need. We're not looking for a money tree. We're not looking for a cash flow to suddenly come our way. We're saying, look at that. Look at that. And the viewers of life today, God bless you. You say, thank you for giving us an opportunity to be a part of a miracle. That's what we're asking you to do right now. 500 more wells this year. We drill them one well at a time in 15 nations. Could you drill a well? I believe if you can, you will. And I believe you will do it with a grateful heart and a joyful heart. So $4,800 is still the average gift of a well. $48 toward that well will give 10 people. When you break it down, 10 people basically water the rest of their life. Could you do that? That's how most of the income comes. It comes from people who give $48 to give water to 10, or they give $144 to give water to 30. Those are the numbers that come in. But if you can give 1,200, pray, Lord, get three more to join me or 2,400, Lord, send another person to join me here. God will hear your prayers and your sowing seeds of blessing. Can you do it? If you can drill a well, I believe you will. But your $48 
It means a whole lot to mothers like those you just heard and like that one with a broken heart. Lifetoday.org, go online right now. Use your bank card like a check, that's how you use them, or dial the number, it's a prayer line, but also it's a helpline. You call, you say, here's my gift. We have some gifts to send you. The book by our pastor, Robert Morris Frequency, tuning in to hear God, hearing God. A beautiful journal to go with it, a beautiful pen with the names of God and scripture, scriptural truth on it. That'll be a blessing to you as you journal. Also the beautiful bronze majesty to say thank you for doing what God put on your heart. Thank you for giving just a cup of water. In this instance together, a well of water for his glory. Thank you for doing it. Every day, children living in extreme poverty are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help establish and drill 500 water wells in remote villages in over 15 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we would like to send you Pastor Robert Morris' new book, Frequency. As you read, you'll discover how to hear God's voice, receive direction for your life, and experience a deeper connection with God. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive the Hearing God Daily Journal and Scripture Pen, a wonderful way to record what God is impressing on your heart and a beautiful keepsake for your daily prayer time. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and you may request our beautiful Majesty Bronze Sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. I want you to hear God, not near as much as He wants you to hear Him. Here's the fact, His sheep know His voice. They recognize His voice. And many people have been taught you don't hear Him anymore. He just wrote you a book and left. That wouldn't be much of a relationship if all you had is a love letter. What about if you could have a relationship with that person who wrote the love letter? Well, he's written us a love letter and we can hear his voice. Robert is a wonderful teacher. We're sending that to say thanks for your help and your gift. And Betty and I say thanks to all of you for helping. And we say thanks to Chris Brown for being a blessing to us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bless you in all you do. You. Bless Dave Ramsey, Dave. We love you. Thank you, buddy. I still want to get you in there to Congress and talk to all of them. We'll have to lock them up to keep them in. God bless you. Thank all of you for being here.
I want to tell you today that spiritually speaking, amnesia can kill you. Remembering what God has done. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.